Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. As Piliqueta, the in swinging cross by him, up they go. Smallings there. Oh, it's on the post. Rudiger and in. Ross Barkley has equalised for Chelsea. Ahead of my Rudiger off the post. Barkley on the spot has denied Jose Mourinho a famous victory. Here's Salah down the right side, played in by Shakiri into the box, steers it beyond Lursel, in off the post, and it kisses the back of the net. A lightning-quick attack from Liverpool, Shakiri at the heart of it. Another fantastic goal from Arsenal, and this is a classic Arsenal goal. Mares! Oh, that is picture book. He's curled that in from the edge of the box. It's the Premier League preview show for week 10 of the 18-19 season. I'm Tom Rennie and coming up this weekend. A big test at Wembley. How will Manchester City cope with playing at the London home of the Jacksonville Jaguars when they take on the still homeless Tottenham Hotspur just days after the NFL head for home? What about Manchester United's stalled comeback? Will it get back on the rails at home against resurgent Everton? Plus, do they really have their Arsenal back? Should Leicester and West Ham be worried? And what kind of sadist would watch Southampton against Newcastle? Let's say hello to our panel for this week and we start with Talk Sports football editor David Walker. Dave, emotional week for you, leaving your house of six years. Are you going to be able to keep it together during this programme? I worry about your well-being. It's a new beginning. Yeah, it's a new beginning. all good. Just like Watford managers, houses to you mean nothing. Leave that one, another one comes in, yeah? Well, I've signed a, a two-year contract. <laughs> Abby Gracia is about to sign a, a new three-year contract. And neither's going to last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great win for Watford last week. That's why he's in a good mood. We'll talk about that later. Uh, with us for the first time on the preview show this season, uh, former Tottenham, Wolves, Southampton, Wimbledon, Charlton defender, Chris Perry's here. How are you, mate? You all right? I'm really good, thanks, Tom. You've made some time for English football. Usually tried, work on yeah. the old I've Serie tried, A these yeah. I'm, days. I'm, I'm keeping busy, yeah. Make sure you don't like put an accent on the old Italian accent. Don't eat pizza during the show. Avoid spaghetti. Not like um, Steve McLaren, the old Dutch one, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try and avoid it if you can. Uh, also with us uh, as well. Now, he suffered this season. He watches a lot of Cardiff games. If not, he watches West Ham games. If not, he watches Crystal Palace games. Danny Gabbardon, I mean, this season's been tough for you, hasn't it? Um, 
Yeah, but there's a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Cardiff are winning now. I know. They and scoring won last four. Week. Yeah, law of averages. Law if you had any air left, you'd have pulled it out, wouldn't you? Um, In yeah. shock. Yeah, yeah. Now nah, they played really well, to be fair, on the weekend. Really uh, well. We will get into that. The shocking scenes of a Cardiff thrashing. Um, if you're listening to this programme on a radio station out there, you can download an extended podcast. Search for TalkSport Premier League Preview Show on Acast, iTunes, Spotify, any good podcast provider. Right, let's get into match one on the programme. The big match of the weekend, one of the biggest games of the season. It's Tottenham against Manchester City on Monday night football. Spurs have lost just two of their last 21 Premier League games at Wembley Stadium, one of which was against Man City back in April. Uh, City, they've been great going forward, but I love this about them this week. Conceded just six goals in 15 games and never more than once in a match during their last 15 Premier League games going back to April when they lost to Man United. Absolutely incredible. Um, Let's go to a former Spurs man first on this uh, in Chris Perry. Chris, um, the start Tottenham have had, it's been very, very good. um, And yet, maybe they haven't played any real free-flowing football. Maybe they haven't been as entertaining as they have been in previous seasons. But the win against Cardiff, hard fought. The win against West Ham, very hard fought. What do you made of them so far? And... And again, we've got to ask, what do they do against Man City? Are they going to go and attack Man City? I, I, it's difficult. I think I think they've had a great start to the season in terms of results. I, I don't think performances have been particularly good. I think they've picked up a few injuries, um, and it's been pretty underwhelming some of the way some of their performances and the way they've played. But you know, you look at their results. They've won their last four games. They're going into the games full of confidence. But you have to think that Man City are probably going to be a, a step too far for them. I think. I think in current form, you look at the way they've been playing, and, and it's been bitty. And they've been they beat West Ham last week one nil. But again, on another day, if Lloris don't make a couple of saves, it, they could easily have lost that game. And and that's kind of what it's been like, where they've been relying on players and they've been just scraping over the line. And I, I think you need more than that to go and beat a team like Manchester City. Tend to agree. Have to agree. Mm. Have to agree. Um, I think what's been impressive about Tottenham is. In the last couple of seasons under Pochettino, I think when they've had injuries or when he's tried to rotate the squad, they haven't won those kind of matches. Um, but I think the grinding nature that they're showing, getting results without playing well, is um, I think it actually bodes really well. And you expect them to actually, you know, kind of click into gear at some point. I think very similar with Liverpool; they're playing exactly the same way, mm. unbeaten. But I don't think they've put in a, a stellar performance yet. So. Um, I think it's it's been a good start to the season for Tottenham. You could say, well, they normally start slow, so what they've done this season is it's an improvement. Um, it but, is an improvement. This is well, the it best. Is, it's the best. best yeah, absolutely. But, but, but they normally start slow. Is that so Premier League or ever? Is that, Premier League. I mean, you can look at best it either way. Premier League start. Yeah. yeah. Still not top. No. Well, no, but I think you know Pochettino in in some quarters has come in for criticism already this season in parts. But actually, they've done. They have done really well. When you when you consider they're the only team that didn't strengthen at all, mm. at all in the summer, yeah. they've had to contend with injuries. They've had to rely on players like say like Lamella coming in and Sissoko, who who haven't always done it, but at the moment they're doing it. You know, they he's had a lot to contend with. Plus the backdrop of the the stadium situation. I think they've done really well. But Man City. Is by far the toughest challenge they look they've yeah. faced so far but, this but season. They are one of the few teams though that can take City on mm. and give them a game. There's not many teams in the league that can do that, but they they can. I think. They can. I think at their best they can. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're at that stage at the yeah. moment. Well, if they are to beat Man City, 
then it's all about getting Christian Eriksen on the field, right? Because Lamella has played pretty well. Uh, maybe his, his most consistent run since coming in at Tottenham. Uh, and he's been fit, really, for a little while, mm. so which makes a big difference. But Christian Eriksen, it's a weird story. So the Danish manager said he had a chronic problem, uh, which Maurizio Pochettino has then refuted, saying, no, I, I don't know what he's talking about. And maybe the less said about the Danish FA and their players the better. There could be something else going on there we might get sued for if we talk about it anymore. So, what happens with Christian Eriksen this weekend? Does he come back into the team? Does he start this game? Will we see Lamella start? You mentioned Sissoko. Like, he's played alright in, in recent weeks, but you can't play Moussa Sissoko against Kevin De Bruyne, can you? They didn't even play the same sport. <laughs> well, that's if De Bruyne plays as well, which he probably will. He did 60, 70 minutes, didn't he, last night or whatever. So, um... If I'm Eric Lamella and I don't play, I, I'd be very disappointed because I think he's been the main man for them the, the last few weeks. Um, but you do need your full eleven, I think. If you want to play the way Tottenham play, they they tend to play the same way against everyone. They you know they respect the opposition, but they don't really change their way of doing things. Um, if you're going to do that without your full strength team, I think it's going to be very difficult. So, but if you're going to go with Sissoko and Lamella who've been doing well, I think maybe tactically then you have to maybe adjust things to Man City and what they're going to do and maybe be a bit more cautious um, maybe sit back a little bit more and, um, and try and soak up a bit more I don't know um, er- Ericsson is Ericsson's is, key man he's a key man we're, we're recording this uh, on Wednesday night and Man City, um, Spurs are about to play PSV in the Champions League mm. Ericsson is starting that match he's starting yeah. tonight yeah. well that would suggest to me that he's, he won't start at the weekend but I would. I, would, I thought he might be sub yeah. Sub tonight and actually start the game against Man City at the weekend. It's a big game tonight, though. Mm. Oh, they yeah, have to win, they don't they? Yeah, win, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Um, what about Man City then? Um, great performance against Shakhtar Donetsk in midweek. Um, Bernardo Silva came off the bench and scored the third goal within within seconds. Um, we mentioned Kevin De Bruyne. Chris, does, does Kevin De Bruyne start this game? I suppose it depends on how important Tottenham away is to, to Pep Guardiola. I, th- I think I think De Bruyne starts. I think. Playing on Tuesday night, I, I know it, it's over in Ukraine, but playing on Tuesday night gives him a, a lot of rest before he plays again on Sunday. Oh, sorry, Monday night, this one, isn't it? Yeah, Monday, Monday night. Yeah, night. Yeah, so, nice I mean, it's almost a week, six six days, so I expect him to start. He's, the, he's their best player. For me, he's their best player. He's it, Last season, he was the outstanding player in the league, I thought, along with Salah, obviously. Yeah. And I, I just think when he plays, he gives them another dimension. I, I, David Silva... Is a fantastic player. Aguero's a fantastic player, but De Bruyne just adds something yeah. to that team that you just no one else can give. They were a bit conservative against Liverpool in, in their other big away game this season. Um, after the game, Pep said he had learned lessons from going to Anfield and getting stuffed. Would they be conservative against Tottenham? Worried about Tottenham? I don't think Not so. as much. No, I think obviously Liverpool have, uh, are the one team that seems to be able to beat Man City. Um, and he showed the utmost respect to them. I think he's, you know, the full-backs didn't fly forward as much as, as normal. Um, and it was strange to see, actually, because Pep, normally, he does not go away from what he's about, um, believes in his philosophy, but um, he went there almost looking for the point. And they, to be fair, they could have won it, couldn't they, with, a, the, with the, the penalty, penalty at, the end, at yeah. the end. And it would have been a, a great kind of tactical performance. But I don't see him going away from uh, what he's about playing against Tottenham. Um, I think De Bruyne will start. Um, and they, they, they look like they're clicking into gear now. It, it sounds as if I'm saying, look, they were on a bad run. I mean, they've been winning without De Bruyne, but you know, on the weekend, last weekend, they looked fantastic. Sane um, looked really yeah, good again. Sané you know, it's the first good. time he's really hit his straps they this could have season. Had seven yeah, or eight easy. Shakhtar as well. They, you know, every time they went forward, they looked like scoring. So they look now that they're 
um, they're, they're in top gear. Uh, what a fantastic game that could be, though. Last time I said it was going to be a fantastic game was Liverpool City. And I was on loads of shows saying, now we're always going, it's going to be nil-nil in these big games, but this one's going to deliver. Uh, that one didn't, but I think this one might. Uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, before that, a full programme of Premier League action. Next up, we're talking about Man United up against Everton, four o'clock on Sunday. We didn't, especially because Mr Bonucci, Mr Chiellini, they could go to, to some Harvard University to give classes about how to be a centre defender. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Right, let's talk about Manchester United. They take on Everton, 4 o'clock UK time on Sunday. Only in 2014-15 under Louis van Gaal have Man United won fewer points from their opening nine games in a Premier League season. Just 14 right now. The Toffees winless in seven against Man United in all competitions. Their last win was 3-0 back in April 2015. Danny Gabidon. Interesting to hear from Jose Mourinho speaking after the Juventus loss in midweek. Turns out they're down the bare bones. They have spent £80-90 million pound on players. But, you know, they ain't good enough, are they? Can't take on Juve, can we? We've basically got no players. We're no good. We're average. We're Division One. I mean, how many more excuses can there be? The only <laughs> fight I've seen of Mourinho in recent times when he tried to offer out the assistant. Yeah, That's when I liked him again for he, a bit. He's got a, a book full of excuses, to be fair. Um, listen, I, I don't think it was anything to do with personnel, really. Um, Champions League game. Um, I thought it was a tactical thing. If you look at the way that they played, the respect that they gave Juventus, they just sat off, allowed Juventus to play, almost like they they were the away team. Juventus got the goal, controlled the game, and and again, very much like the Chelsea game, very much like the Newcastle game. Once they went behind, then they had a bit of a go and you know tried to open up and and get a goal back. You know, it's very easy as a player. Um, you know, when you're behind, to then maybe you know, kind of go for it, or the, the shackles are off, or the, for the manager to um, to kind of do that. Why are they not kind of playing that way from the start? You know, they're so kind of passive. There's no, I don't see any tactical kind of plan when they don't have the ball. I don't even see a tactical plan when they they do have the ball. So all these people kind of saying, oh well, the last couple of games they've shown that they're playing for the manager and all this. I'm not, I'm not convinced. Not convinced. You know, a couple of second halves of football. That doesn't convince me that players are playing for the manager. I think you judge that over the course of a of a whole season. So um, Everton, I think they could they could they could get something here. You could really quite do easily, good time to play United yeah, for them. You could see a situation like we've had in recent weeks. Everton have been playing well. It wouldn't surprise me if Everton go in at half time yeah. leading this mm. match and Man United have to come out again and bail themselves out. Everton have been playing well. They've won three games, yeah, get that. But they, yeah. it, they, they needed two goals. They needed two goals in the last three minutes to yeah, beat Crystal Palace, who are Palace. not great, are they? Yeah, Palace they're not great. Game. I mean, they're not... sticking the boot in. They outplayed <laughs> Leicester for 90 minutes away from home. That was pretty decent. I, I think that front four looks I, all right. Yeah, going forward, I think they're good. I wonder if Jenk Tosson comes in, though, this weekend for Richarlison. They have tried him up front last yeah. few weeks to varying degrees of success. Do you think there might be a change this weekend? I th- well, he scored, didn't he? Obviously scored... Uh, Does last that get week. you in the team? The goal. It, well, it helps, doesn't it? It certainly certainly puts you in the manager's frame a frame of mind. Um, Richarlison, no thirteen Premier League appearances against top six top six sides, never scored a goal. Mm. Never well, scored a, a goal. Like that, though, wasn't he? To be yeah. fair, well, is it, what is yeah. it? Everton are they much better than Watford? Um, I don't see that. I let's don't put a pin they in they're, that. They're a, they're, a, they're a bigger <laughs> they're a bigger club. Don't get me wrong, m- massive club. But are they much? Bigger than Watford in, in mm. terms and better than Watford. I don't well, think, think they are. I think this current squad should be. I mean, Bernard is a player, didn't he? 
Yeah, he's a, good, he's a talented boy. Talented boy. Oh, yeah, I, I think they've got potential. I, I, I was really pleased to see Lookman coming on and actually yeah. making an impact. I think he's a top player and mm. they need to use him more. I think they, Calvert-Lewin comes on and scores. That's, that's really good. I yeah. think they've got some good young players there who probably need more of, more of a chance. I just think Man United always seem to beat Everton. Can I take you back to Man United? Because I wanted to get your view on the front three. It may have been Phil Neville this week. I can't recall who, who said this, but they basically talked about the front three of Lukaku, Martial and Rashford. Uh, they should be getting 65 to 70 goals between them in a season. Um, at the moment, Lukaku's got four in the league, Martial has got three, Rashford the one. Can that three work together? And will we see that three against Everton? Or will we but, see Wamata in that three, who's, who's had a couple of decent showings? I... I I've, ne- I've never been a huge fan of Lukaku. I think he misses too many chances to be at a top club like Manchester United. I think it takes him too many chances to score goals. Uh, seven games is it now without a goal, I think, something like that. He hasn't scored a goal at Old Trafford, I know this one, since March. That was the last time he scored a goal at Old Trafford just in the Premier League. I mean, the, the, let's be honest, the team isn't flowing, so he's not maybe getting as many chances as he's had <laughs> in previous seasons, but... He just looks as though he just he's a little against, bit underwhelmed. He just, Does he want to be there? There's all these rumours he's talking up Juventus and, why and things like that. Why does everyone want to leave Man United? Because, because <laughs> I'll go. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. You'd, you'd have to look at the manager, wouldn't you? Yeah. You, you have to look at the manager. It, yeah. Lots of players seem to be unhappy. They're not performing on the pitch. It, it, it's not a front three. It's just Lukaku. Oh, it's not. It's, it's, it's not. Lukaku's up front by himself. Yeah. Martial and, and Rashford playing, playing in wide areas. Fullbacks. You know, Rashford can't play in what. Yeah. He's not going to be effective in a wide area. He's a centre forward. But, but, I, but he no needs re- to drift yeah. into. He needs to be allowed a little bit of freedom to go and get the ball. For and, me, though, there's no reason why they can't play how Liverpool's front three plays. Close together Closer and tight together. and a bit well, more freedom. The yeah. reason, because yeah. he's not as good as Firmino well, when he controls the ball, plays people yes, in. Yes, but if you, can get the runner, if you can get the runners around Lukaku, it will help him. But he's got, he's got other strengths when, that are probably better than Firmino. Mm. Yeah. In terms of he's much yeah, stronger in the air. You yeah, know, you play the ball into him. He's probably more powerful. Yeah, absolutely. But the problem is they don't have a tactical way of playing with and without the ball. So you see, it's in, they sit so deep. Rashford is back playing as a fullback. Martial, when they win the ball back, they're so deep. They're having to run 100 yards with a ball. Lukaku's isolated. You look at the way Liverpool do it. They mm. kind of keep that front three together. The mm. midfield three shuffle across and almost do the work yeah. of, of, of a winger. So... It's, it's a tactical thing for me with United why they can't get the best out, out of the front three. Uh, let's move on to Liverpool uh, as we brought them up here. Uh, they're up against Cardiff City, 3 o'clock UK time on Saturday. The Reds have lost one of their last 45 Premier League home matches against newly promoted teams. Anyone? Blackpool in 2010, the last newly promoted team to beat in the 107 at Anfield under Jurgen Klopp. Cardiff scored as many goals in their 4-2 win against Fulham as they had in their previous eight games in the Premier League. Um, I'll talk Liverpool in a minute, actually, but Gabs, you're here on Cardiff. They yeah. scored four goals. Were you there? Were you shocked? Are you I feeling wasn't. all right? I wasn't there, actually. Um, so that's what it is. As long won. as you don't go, it's going to be fine. You're yeah, bad luck. I was, at, um, I was at Villa, actually, that Those day. Those Fulham defenders Swansea, helped them out there, didn't they? Yeah. Falling I mean, over. I, 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 I mean, they've been, they've been they embarrassing were defensively all they, yeah. season, Fulham. And they, no one's conceded more goals than them. It was a good time to play them, I think, from a Cardiff point of view. It was kind of a, a must-win game for them. And it's been coming slightly. They've been improving game by game. I thought against Tottenham, they played well. Hmm. Were slightly unlucky, maybe not to get something from that game. And I think Neil Warnock's kind of, he's settled now on a starting eleven. He's changed the system a little bit. They were playing 4-4-2 uh, 
and, and kind of getting murdered in midfield. He's put an extra man into midfield, so they're playing over 4-3-3. Three, three. He's got um, Josh Murphy playing left side, who's been doing really well. Um, Bobby Reed did well on the other side, and, and he's put Patterson up top. He just seems to win so many flick-ons and headers, and that's been the biggest issue for Cardiff, really, for you Neil know, trying to find a, a striker who he can rely on. He hasn't been able to, so you know he brought Patterson in last season as a right-back, played him as a 10 and he got double figures in goals now he's stuck him up front and he that's seems, mad isn't yeah, it it's crazy it's, it's crazy, crazy. No, no, he's sat on that front for the last two minutes yeah. so Steve Bruce Paul Warhurst Paul, Paul Warhurst yeah. yeah. well I spoke to Warner last season about it and I said only you you're the only manager <laughs> that would buy a right back and then play him as a number 10 and I think he said to me well I quickly realised that he couldn't defend so I just had to stick him <laughs> <up> <laughs> basically so uh, but it wouldn't work good scouting network great scouting network he's got there any other manager so I mean that'll give them a a great shot of confidence obviously going into a difficult game now against Liverpool uh, Liverpool I was doing their game last week against Huddersfield uh, the late game and uh, let me tell you it was awful it was an awful awful game of football uh, they, they mixed up the front three uh, so it was Sturridge Shakiri, and Salah who scored the goal Lallana played start, being yep. midfield yep. Um, I think about 60 minutes or so then they come off um, he scored Mo Salah it was the end of his we said it was a drought but it had been that like four games you know it wasn't really a drought but again they, they won weren't great Liverpool they didn't play great the, the kind of the sharp passing wasn't there apart from the goal there was no passing movement that was more than about you know 10-12 passes across the game should we be worried about Liverpool probably not against Cardiff this weekend but why isn't it quite there for them I think I think Teams are not allowing them that space to, to counter-attack as much as they did last season. You know, Teams have learned from last season. You, you mentioned earlier about Man City, Pep Guardiola learning and playing deeper and keeping his full-backs in. And I think teams have, have looked at that Man City performance and they'll look at it and they'll go, this is how we can maybe stop Liverpool being fluid and flowing in their football. And that's what you have to do. You have to try and make it difficult for them. And I don't think they've got much creativity in midfield if you do that. If, if you sit back in and they have to play in front of you, they haven't got those players. Maybe with Lalana coming back in is one of those players who might open up the defence. Shakira, who, who did last week, open up a defence. But, you know, they're not as good at that. Hmm. I, I, think it's, I think it's a worry for them. Certainly, I, I think teams have found them out a little bit and it's much more difficult for them this season. Well, that Huddersfield performance give Cardiff a bit of hope because Huddersfield if they had anyone in the forward area of the pitch mm. who could score a goal they had a few chances and they were so yeah. bad going forward but they got into areas and they just couldn't get there the final ball there was such a funny one yeah. in the second half where it fell to Mounier Mounier's one oh, yeah, and he just he was kind of falling over it was such a hilarious I, four year old first felt football for him, match I felt for him. Did you? it's horrible when you see a pro like that and you know he's swinging he's swinging his left knee and he, he's yeah. not got any confidence in it yeah. mm. <laughs> they had a real go didn't they Huddersfield yeah. you know and if yeah. Cardiff, and a lot of teams have gone to Anfield and probably been beaten before they've gone on the pitch. But if Cardiff, I think they gone, already are. Yeah, they probably will be. But it, it, you know, I just think it's, it's maybe not as foregone conclusion as we may have thought a few weeks ago. I think the big difference between Huddersfield and obviously Cardiff go is they go into Anfield. Yeah. I mean, yeah. their home record, Liverpool's home record, is ridiculous. They haven't lost for God knows how many games. Clean sheets for fun, um, and you can only see Cardiff, you know, going on the back foot trying to keep the score down really um, it might be a game that actually kickstarts Liverpool um, you know back into gear really because as you say that you know the three players up front they're not firing whatsoever I think they're still creating chances but the, the final ball or the final finish from you know whether it's Mane or Salah they've been so sloppy mm. at times on, on the counter attack I think the only positive at the minute is 
they are rock solid defensively. Oh, brilliant at the back. Van um, Dyke's made such yeah. a difference. Mm. And Gomez coming in as well, done really Gomez well. Gomez playing right back again, though, last yeah. week with uh, Dan Lover in the centre, yeah. Alexander Arnold on the bench. Yeah, he's rested him the last couple of games, which is. Um, which is strange. We'll see it again against Cardiff. You think? I mean, this yeah. is. I mean, if you you're might see if, back, Car- if Cardiff one. are going to go against Josh Murphy, who I think is a, re- a real talent on yeah. the wing. You know, you might need someone as, as defensively good as Gomez to yeah. play against him. Alexander yeah. Arnold has, has his weaknesses defensively. Great going yeah. forward. Mm. I think he's been slightly off his game a little bit. I've yeah. seen a lot of Liverpool. I don't think he's quite hit the standards this season as he did last season. I think Klopp's maybe realise that just give him a couple of mm. games you know on the bench refresh yourself and, and but I like Gomez in the middle I mm. think that partnership oh, with really Van Dijk good, yeah. Yeah, is, uh, is probably the best in the league I think at the but moment. at the moment the best partnership in the league has been broken up by the best in the world Dan Lovren he's <laughs> <in the start laughs> right now he's brilliant isn't he so good he's so good so good he's like a he footballing got to, he got to the final of the Champions League and the World Cup but lost both Varane <laughs> Got to the final of the Champions League in the World Cup and won them both, but Lovren's better than That's him a somehow. Comparison. Bizarre. <laughs> How's Bizarre. that happen? How does that happen? Uh, Lovren is so good, he's just been cast as Thanos in the brand new <laughs> Avengers movie. It's incredible. Uh, one final quick question, actually, Gabs. I've got to ask you this. I don't know if it's true or not. I know you weren't at the game, but is it true when Cardiff beat Fulham? They played the Jurassic Park theme at the really? full-time whistle. I'd read that. I don't know if it was true or not. I don't know if you'd have got any sources on the ground. Have. They might have. Can you find um, that out for me? Let me I know. I can. I can. I mean, I'm it wouldn't su- help for this show, but I, I, I want that to be true. I still don't count me. Cardiff as winning a, against a Premier League team yet, though, Fulham, because they've come up. <laughs> they've come up. They're not, prop, they're not a Premier League team for me. Until they've beaten someone who was in the league last year... I don't think that counts as a Premier League team. Mm. It's a tough criteria. I'm pretty sure Fulham are in the Premier League, but you know. They're in it, but they won't be for long. Wait, they go. Right, we've got to move on. Next section is Burnley against Chelsea. Stay with us. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to add in the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to work in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. 
Azpilicueta, the in-swinging cross by him, up they go. Smalling's there, oh, it's on the post, Rüdiger, and in! Ross Barkley has equalised for Chelsea! Ahead of Rüdiger off the post, Barkley on the spot! Right, let's talk Burnley against Chelsea. 1.30 UK time on Sunday, this one gets underway. The Blues unbeaten after their first nine games of a top-flight season for the fifth time in their history. Burnley have won seven points from their last four games, one more than they picked up in their previous 11 combined. Of course, they were thrashed by Man City last week. Uh, Gabs, I want to ask you about Chelsea, um, because we've sung their praises quite rightly this season. They have been fantastic in so many games, uh, but against Man United, with the lead at half-time, against a fairly average mid-table Man United, they struggled to break them down. They struggled to create chances and they were very lucky in the end uh, kind of double deflection save kind of goal mouth scramble got them back into it what went wrong in that game and what have they got to put right for this one um i think that they don't have that kind of clinical nature do they they don't have that um top striker Morata for whatever reason um is lacking a bit of confidence Giroud is not that kind of prolific goal scorer and you, you think if Hazard doesn't dominate a game um I know he's been in great form, scoring goals and assisting, but I, I can't see him keeping that kind of goal-scoring form up the whole season. You, they might lack goals a little bit. I think the way they play as well, they're so kind of possession-based. Um, you know, they they're dominating the possession stats. So even more average possession, I think, than Man City, which is pretty hard to do. So, I think at times they almost pass the ball for the sake of passing the ball as well, mm-hmm. and maybe um, have gone away a little bit from that kind of counter-attacking pace which they do have with the likes of Hazard and Willian um, and allowing teams to kind of get back into shape and then it's a bit harder for them to maybe break them down. So, um, I mean, I can't see Burnley being any trouble for them, but I do think with regards to winning the Premier League, not having a a goal-scoring striker um, is probably going to hurt them. Plus, I'm not actually totally convinced by the defensive pairing of Rudiger and, no, no, and I Louise agree. Evo. They're yeah. having Rudiger though, aren't they? They said he was going to get a new contract offer this week. Alonso did sign a new contract this week. Yeah, when yeah Alonso has. Um, yeah, Rudiger, David Luiz, they've both got a rick in them, haven't they? I mean, let's be honest. They're an accident waiting to happen at times, yeah. aren't they? I mean, he, he he scored a goal, didn't he, last week, Rudiger? But let's be honest. I, see, I, I'm a big fan of Olivier Giroud. I think every team that Giroud plays in, he makes them better. You know, Hazard seems yeah. to have he a, a wonderful understanding. He? Yeah. he doesn't score. He is, he's not scoring, but he's so important to the team in being that focal point for players to play in off. And he links so well with Hazard. Hazard becomes a different player. It, it, when when they brought him on against Man United, it changed yeah. the game for he Chelsea. Loves, he loves playing with him. Yeah, he? he does. He's a great foil for other players. And I, you know, I'd, I'd love him to score a few it, more goals it, it actually strange, and, and get the credit he yeah, kind of deserves. It was strange because it looked like he kind of gone with Giroud as, as his main man a few games ago when. Um, they obviously Hazard, as he said, he loves linking up with him. They got a good understanding, and it looked like Giroud was going to be the main man now. And then suddenly, Morata's come in, kind of the last. I know he scored a he couple scored, of goals. He, come yeah. on, scored, um, and he got um, the starting berth for last weekend. So um, I think he's unsure, really. Sorry, there. I think I think what it was. Him. I think Giroud played in both the French games, didn't he? Yeah. And I, I think probably coming back, he, he wanted to give him a little bit of a rest. He's a little bit older than Morata, isn't he? Morata didn't play an awful lot yeah. of football, did he, with Spain? And maybe he was trying to, ho- hoping that it would work with Morata and yeah. 
It wouldn't surprise you me if, a bit if, of a if you saw Hazard through the middle at some point. As well, well Hazard, he I, like I've heard he's missing the game athlete, tomorrow night. He? Is he? Really? Yeah, but they've said he's got a back problem. I think he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Bate Borisov, he isn't it? I mean, the Europa League, he did that in the other round. He did that. Did the same thing, didn't he? Basically said, "Oh, me back." Didn't travel, did he? Hazard is actually having his most productive season if you look at the at the numbers so far. Number me. He's he's got a goal or an assist every sixty six point seven minutes so far this season, which is which is on paper if we were to put that over the season that would mean he would have his best season for Chelsea. Mm. And you know, if Morata or Giroud don't step up with those goals, he he if he is at his best for the whole campaign, he is the sort of player that could keep them in the mix. And they might mm. go, you know, if they get to January, maybe they will get someone in. You know, it, you know, you it wouldn't know. surprise if you saw him playing for the middle like what he did with mm. Insigne. Um, Insignia and Napoli, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and, and he changed Mertens yeah, from a wide Mertens player into, in, a in, into a striker. Here we go, Serie A. Couldn't stop him. Here could we, you go. we couldn't help ourselves. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. But, but the way they play, they can play a small man at front because that possession yeah. kind of style they play, they work their way through the thirds. Uh, you can play with a little man through the middle. So I think if things don't work out with Drew or Murat, I think you might see a Hazard maybe playing through the middle. What about Burnley, though? Yeah. They've got a chance. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's going to be 4-4-2. It's going to be probably Vidra behind one striker. Yeah. I think Stephen Defoe is back-ish. Oh, it's not going to make a great deal of difference in this game, but That's if a... someone who's got something different in their midfield, yeah. I mean, they just do what they do, don't they, Burnley? Nothing has really changed no. for... Time what, infinite. What cracked me up was Sean Dyche on, on last weekend where they've you know they've gone to City, they've gone hammered five, and he's complaining about one of the goals with the ball <laughs> being over the line and all the players something stopped. else, something else, all the yeah, players they, stopped. Now, and was it, like I, it made any difference. I hadn't seen the replay though. Had it gone over the line? Yeah, I think it, it, did. So was it, out, it was out. It was out. It was out. Fair four, enough then. Four Sean, issues. There's right. about four different things with goals that goal. Yeah, well, no, the ref should have. Um, every Burnley player, they were they thought a penalty might have been about to be given, so they're all waiting for the referee to do something. And in the meanwhile, Silver just scoots around the back, crosses yeah, it in. I think know? he was offside as well. Yeah. Might have been offside. Yeah. As well. Yeah. well, he's right then, isn't he? He's right. Well, he is. Well, he's not. But his players shouldn't is stop. There should any they? Point? No, no. You don't want to be playing Chelsea after you've just been spanked five 0 by City. No, <laughs> that's very so, true. Um, I um, don't know. What they're going to do? Four four two. They're going to try and be difficult to beat, and Chelsea is probably just going to. I think they Pick need to take the lead in the game if they're going yeah. to have any chance. Yeah. Have they, well, how many times have they been the lead this season in games, Burnley? I, don't I wouldn't have thought many. many. Is it? No. I think they, they, beat, I mean, they, they beat Cardiff a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they went ahead in that Is one, it two yeah. wins this season? So it's Cardiff and then the, what's the other game. Was it, they thrashed Bournemouth, didn't they? They thrashed Bournemouth, right, Aaron Lennon nil. scored, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah. I think it was always... <sighs> Turf Moor was always quite, quite a fortress for them, wasn't it? But they've lost... You know they lost two two home games already this season. One only won one of four. Yeah, but they've only won one of four. Game, wouldn't it? They've only won one of four games, yeah. and they kind of lost that yeah, that strength it. and stability that they had there. Uh, lost the old fear factor. Tell you who else has lost the fear factor at home. It's our next game, Crystal Palace, up against Arsenal. One thirty kickoff on Sunday. Palace, well, their home form is so bad. This was an incredible stat. There, so Crystal Palace could become the seventh team in football league history to both fail to win and score in any of their first five home league games to a season. That's already happened this season. With Huddersfield Town, who've already done it. Uh, you have to go back to Everton in the 90s, Hud- uh, Halifax uh, in 1990 itself, Mansfield in the 70s, West Brom in the 1920s, as well as Norwich for the only other times this has happened. Where are the Holmesdale fanatics roaring their boys onto victory? What's gone wrong at Palace at home? I don't really care. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Palace. Having been tenants there for so long, playing there. Park. Are I, you enjoying this? I, I absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, listen, 
I don't know. They rely so much on Wilfred Zahar, don't they? And if he's yeah. not firing and, and teams... And he isn't at the moment. He's, he's, no. Well, no. he's a good player, isn't he? he, is. I, I, he's, he it seems to be talking so much about him but being he's fouled. Jordan, what, are you, what's, isn't he? what's he going to do? What have they got up front? You know, they saw a lot to come on. And, yeah, yeah, oh. They're struggling, aren't they? They're desperate Connor for Wickham's a centre forward to score goals. Is he? Yeah, he came on. He's probably going to be he's their he best striker now, now he, isn't he? Might, he might be a decent hope for them. Yeah. You know, he's been out for so long. He, he, he was was a decent player, wasn't he? Connor I don't know. Wickham. They're just quite. I mean, Sacco looked awful last week defensively at, at Everton. Why is he always trying to nutmeg? Attacking players in his own half when oh, he wins Christ the ball back. Them. Yeah. It's, and he's so bad at it. It's the nutmeg that gets me. He turns them, but he's got a big frame so he can get out of the way. But the, the attacker comes at him and he's trying to. I didn't think he actually played that bad, but the one cross that comes in the box and you want your centre half to kind of do the job that he's paid to do and he's not in the right position. Oh, and I thought I he was quite. Lewin I thought he was quite pedestrian when the ball got played down the side of him as well. Yeah, yeah mm. for the second. Very goal, pedestrian, water, yeah. Yeah. Um, they uh, need a striker. Yeah. They need a striker. They needed a strike for the last two, yeah. two three seasons. It doesn't bode well, does it? The, the, you know, Sacco being pedestrian against Arsenal and the way they're playing it. <laughs> against well. Cenk Tossen, who was not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about Arsenal then. Uh, we've got our Arsenal back, so say the fans. Ten wins in a row. They uh, never had it like this. No, well, yeah, this is a brand <laughs> new Arsenal. All yeah. sorts. Listen, I was doing the game Monday and first half, once again, they weren't very good and there could have been a couple of goals for Leicester. Should have been a penalty, no question. Uh, but second half, uh, the, I mean, the Ozil goal at the end of the first half was fantastic. But was it the third goal? Or maybe yeah. the second where Ozil chipped it into Aubameyang? I can't remember which goal it was now, but one of Aubameyang's goals, the full passing movement, Leno was the third. The third, well, but the second wasn't bad. I mean, the pass from Ozil in the second goal is absolutely, takes four players out of the game. But but some of the football really has been fantastic. And I've got to ask you both about Mesut Ozil. Now, he quite rightly has taken stick for some of his performances, some of his disappearing acts in games. But I thought that, that performance on Monday, and people will say, oh, Leicester ain't a big team, were fantastic. Uh, and what about him wearing the captain's armband as well? well that's does that's that the benchmark. That's the benchmark for him, I think, now. You know, you want him to be, to be playing somewhere near to that level every week. If he can do that consistently then he is going to be one of the best players in the league and he's going to be worth the the huge sum of money that they pay for him. But he hasn't done it consistently over the last few years. And, and whether that's down to the manager and the setup of the team, I'm, I'm not sure. But he certainly looked... He had a, he had a smile on his face. When's yeah. the last time you saw him have a smile on I his face? I didn't know he could smile. Like, he looked like <laughs> he was talk. enjoying things, didn't he? And, <laughs> and didn't they all look like they were enjoying playing, though, didn't they? You know? Yeah. It, listen, they've, we, all, we all know over the last 10, 12 years... They've been capable of playing some really good football at times and they score some some fantastic team goals, but it does look like it's just clicked a little bit. Mm. They're still they're still not great defensively, are they? Let's be mm. honest. The centre back pairing isn't good. Koscielny guy coming back training this week. Socrates might be back for this as well. Yeah, potentially. potentially but I mean is that great news? I, really I can actually see I can see Arsenal winning the game, but Palace actually getting that goal that they so crave. Mm. Yeah. Um I, I think Arsenal defensively they still look vulnerable to me um, I thought Leicester for 20 minutes looked very good could have had a couple more goals mm. um, but if Jamie Vardy weren't on the Vindaloos yeah. then he probably would have scored yeah, a couple well, in the first half yeah, he just he? run off didn't he in the second half oh, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't fancy this happened to all of us mate <laughs> <laughs> happened to me once yeah. in the train home yeah. I tell you but, I had to find a pub in Chadwell Heath. We'll move on. But they got goals in them Arsenal now, mm. and I think the biggest thing with Arsenal, they've got like their intensity back with and yeah. without the ball. Like, Torreira's made a huge you know difference what? for them. Hunting Can I ask you on intensity? Down. I think it's really interesting. This uh, I was doing the game Monday with Jeremy Eladier, and he said it looks like that these 
guys are being individually coached. Hundred percent. Iwobi is the one he picked out. Yeah, Iwobi looks like a different. Player. But he's running round, isn't he? He's, he's never, running he never round. Did it, yeah. A bit more end product from him. You can see the players now all kind of know their jobs. They're buying into the manager yeah. and and they're doing things now at pace. I think the problem with Arsenal the last kind of two or three seasons under Wenger. Everything was too slow. The passing was too slow. They lost the ability to counter-attack, which I think in the Premier League is one of the biggest things. You know, transition when you lose the ball. Counter-attacking is, is a massive thing in that league. If you're too slow in possession, you allow teams to get back into shape. Even Ozil's going to find it difficult to break teams down. But now you're seeing runners flying everywhere. And that's why Ozil's then performing better. If he needs those runners off him. He's got, you've got, and got he can pace with passes, Lacazette yeah. and Aubameyang. Exactly. I mean, what a goal scorer he is. So it's four goals goal off the bench in two games. Is but, he back on the bench for this one? Does he start on the bench again? I, I don't know. I mean, why not? I mean, he's working, is, isn't he? he? Yeah. The, well, what what excites me is he can play centre forward. Working, he, he can play. He can play left side. He doesn't mind. He seem, He doesn't seem to care. They they just look. Lacazette and Aubameyang got such a great yeah. understanding between yeah. the two of them. Do you think Aubameyang is the only striker who's ever taken Maran Shamak as a style guide? Shamak <laughs> 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 was incredible. He's yeah. hanging on for dear life, isn't he? To be fair, he's got. I played with Sham. Like I played got, with Sham at Palace. Yeah. In, uh, Many a time we said to him, Sham, you've got to whip that off. And he <laughs> just wouldn't listen and eventually he did in the end. But um, it's, it's, a slight, it's, a, it's a slight issue, actually. It's a slight issue, for, I think, for Emery, trying to fit those two in because they're both playing so well and he can play off the left and he's got some silly stat with his involvement in goals. I think he's, you know, his assists as well have been brilliant. Um, yeah, it's like the top well, he's got the best, in the top five yeah, European leagues. He's got the best years, minutes per like goal that. ratio yeah. in, in Premier League history. In the stats, <laughs> in like Premier League history, Park, he I mean, knows he's a Birmingham. He stats. was a fantastic goal scorer at Dortmund. Yeah, could yeah. he could he come and do it in the Premier League? He's doing it, and he's he's almost playing out of position. Yeah, but it's incredible that someone with that record is sitting on Arsenal's bench. That's weird. Well, isn't it? Like, I think, but Danny's got it spot on. How do you fit? They both want to play centre forward, and how many attacking players have Arsenal got? You can't get them all on the pitch at once, yeah. and it, it's how it works. And I think I think it shows that there's a, there's a bit of a ruthlessness now at Arsenal that mm. under Wenger everyone was probably in their comfort zones. They could probably afford to have a, a game that point. was off, and now but great now that if you don't perform, you're going to go on the bench. Yeah, I think that's why Ozil's playing so well again as well. I think he knows if he doesn't run around, doesn't perform. You know, Ramsey's sitting on the bench; he'll yeah. be the one in and, and, and playing. So. Maybe a similar sort of thing to what happened with Marko Anatovic last season under David Moyes. If you don't run, you don't play. Let's talk about West Ham up next. Lovely by Anatovic. Lovely by Hernandez. Anatovic! What a save by Lloris! Point blank range, edge of the six yard box. The build up play from Hernandez and Arnautovic was magnificent. And Arnautovic with the effort from close range. In fact, Hernandez was in an offside position. It wasn't given, and Lloris has smothered that at point blank range. Right, let's get to Saturday, 5.30 UK time. Leicester against West Ham United. Uh, West Ham have lost seven of their last ten away games in the Premier League. One of those wins was against Leicester at the back end of last season. The Hammers have also lost more points from winning positions than any Premier League side in the campaign uh, this season. For Leicester, lost two consecutive Premier League matches for the fifth time in their last 16 outings. Uh, were good, as we mentioned earlier, in spells against Arsenal, but it certainly fell apart for them in the second half. I want to ask you about Leicester first. Uh, Chris, let's come to you on this. I think it's interesting. I was watching the Leicester game. Um, I was doing the commentary, but I was chatting to a, our producer who's a Leicester fan, and he was saying they've been asking Claude Puel to play a back three all season. He finally did it uh, against Arsenal. I'm led to believe that's the first time that they've done 
done it this season from the start. Maybe wrong on that, but, but that's what our Leicester fan tells me. Uh, and it seemed to work really, really well for certainly that first half. Do you think they'll do that again this weekend or revert to uh, kind of more regulation four at the back, two holding midfielders? I think it's difficult to say. I mean, it, it, it obviously did work well against Arsenal. I think Chilwell is a much better going forward than he is defensively. I think it certainly suits him playing as a left Ricardo, wing back. Ricardo, exactly Yeah, absolutely, really, yeah. yeah. Ricardo Pereira, again, very good going forward. Like, like most fullbacks these days, much better going that way than the other way. But... Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the, if that's the way forward against West Ham. Do you need to do that against West Ham? I mean, Madison I, found I think, himself on the left wing a lot, which is a bit weird. Jamie Vardy. And he him wants to play centrally, over. don't they? He wants to play centrally. I, I think Claude Puel kind of underwhelms me, doesn't it? Every time you see Claude Puel and, and you think oh, you're playing for Claude Puel, you'd, you'd want you you kind of wonder how does he motivate you? What does he do? What does he say? He comes across as being a bit dour and a bit low and a bit. And kind of, I think Leicester have played like that at times this season. This is what we were talking about last week. It was David Connolly who said he's always sort of one bad result away from from people saying what you've just said. And they're very up and down Leicester. They haven't drawn any games this season. They've either won or they've lost. And it, it, sometimes you think, actually, maybe he's, maybe he's doing all right. They've stuck with him. He's been okay. But then when they're bad, they are quite bad. Yeah. Mm. It's very inconsistent, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. Um, I think they're too open. Without the ball, I think they got too many people on the floor. You mentioned Chilwell loves to fly yeah. forward. Pereira is playing yeah. like a winger. If I'm Harry Maguire and and Johnny Evans, Maguire's up the wing. Exactly. Even mm. even Maguire wants to step oh, he in wants and to play. Step in yeah. He does. Yeah. yeah. They got so many people that want to go forward. I think when they've got the ball, they're too open. Yeah. They haven't got Kante now. No, yeah. they haven't. Mendy's they haven't. Uh, I mean, Didi does, good, and he does a good. He does a good job, Didi. But yeah. But, but do they have the nous? Do they have the mm. intelligence to see things early? I don't know. I just think. They concede a bit too easily that, for me now. That Not is borne out by the stats enough. as well. They, yeah. They've only kept four clean sheets in the last 23 matches, go. which is the most of any team in that period. Yeah. Um, well for West Ham then. Hopefully. Are without Andre Yamalenko for basically the rest of this season. Uh, twisted his ankle and, he, and he's gone. I mean, <laughs> who, who didn't see that one coming? Uh, Jack Wilshere injured. Who didn't see that one the, coming? The West Ham injury um, Andy Carroll's <laughs> out. No one saw that one coming. I think the what's interesting for me for West Ham is that it feels like Javier Hernandez and Marco Manaltovic have got a bit of an understanding and Pellegrini tries to put them in the team together tried it in the Wolves game didn't quite work out tried last week and then I think when they were on together again it looked a little bit of a mess though there was some nice passing together is there a way to get those two guys in the team together would you push Anatovic to the wing to accommodate Hernandez no no, I, don't, I like Anatovic I think, I think he's got the physique but he missed four chances last week he, He's not a natural centre forward, not not a natural goal scorer, but I think so, I think he's a I think he's a really but good player. I, the, I really like on out of it. The last one's got to go in. Yeah. Keepers on the ground. You got to chip him. I, I mean, we ain't got a striker on this week, but you two would have chipped him, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, no, but it's not. He's not like he plays Probably in not. white. <laughs> Come on, target at least. Yeah, that is true. I, I, I think West Ham are in a little bit of um, a kind of do or die a few weeks. Really, they've got a December where they play no one of. Of any real magnitude, teams around their sort of level, mid table and below. They've played, they've had a tough start to the season. They've played a lot of big teams. Man City, I think next week or the week after. But this is the sort of game, and they're away form. I think they've only beaten like Huddersfield, Stoke, and Leicester in the last year, year and a half of playing away games in the Premier League. And Everton. And Everton, yeah, this season, of course. Mm. So that's an old stat, but but that's it for for a long, long period of time. What do they get wrong away from home, and what have they got to get right this weekend? Um. I don't think they can play two up front. I don't think they've got the midfield kind of pairing to do that. If you went four four two, I think they, you've seen that already. They don't have the mobility in the midfield area to do that. 
if you went with just Hernandez at front, can he do that, that kind of lone role? I'm not so sure. And Arvich for me is West Ham's best player, so he's got to stay for the middle. Um, I do think there has been improvement. I think Issa Diop at the back there has come in. He's done well, hasn't you he? Know, we were calling yeah. for him to play when we were yeah, the start remember, of the season. Yeah. He's come in. Mm. Um, he's forming a good kind of partnership there with, with Balbuena. Um, look, the, the key to any away performance, you have to defend well first and foremost. And with the players they've kind of got going forward, um, and out of which is going to score goals. The big thing for me, and I don't know what you think, Tom, is Felipe Anderson. I think... You know, he got a lot of stick on the weekend for not not tracking kind of Sissoko, blah, blah, blah. But for me, he's been doing too much of that. He's playing way too deep. I've watched him a few times now and he's almost playing like a second fullback. I don't know what um, the manager's trying to do, but he's almost doing the job of Creswell. He's marking wingers. We think he should be marking fullbacks. Mm-hmm. He's actually marking wingers. And and if it's Creswell, whoever's playing here, it's actually Masuaku. He's not actually doing anything, really. Uh, he's got no one to mark. So I think you've got to push... Felipe Anderson forward more, give him more license, get him into forward areas. And the pace he's kind of got on the counter attack again, he gives you a different kind of threat. But at the minute, he's doing too much defending, tracking back, he's playing too deep, getting the ball, having to run from deep areas. I think if you get him up the pitch, um, they look a much more better outfit. You'll see them winning games away from home then. Got to move on. Lows to get through. Let's talk about Brighton against Wolves. Three o'clock UK time on Saturday. Brighton have won their last two Premier League games without conceding a goal. What kind of world are we living in? They won one away from home. Away from home? <laughs> Madness. Uh, at Newcastle last week, Wolves. Um, Chris Perry, are they getting found out a bit? They're the only team in Europe's big five divisions yet to make a change to their starting eleven. You've got to eventually, haven't you? Well, it'd be interesting to see this week after the defeat to Watford last week whether he does change it. I think it can lull players into a little bit of complacency. They think they're going to play every week, and you need competition. You need to be on your toes to keep performing. And I think it's been coming. You know, these sort of performances they they started off the season really well. Been really impressed with them. I think they're a really good side, by the way. Hmm. But I just think if you don't change the team, it just sort of trickles along trickles along trickles along and nothing changes and, and you, you kind of just get in, into this lull of I'm playing I'm going to be playing next week I'm going to be playing whatever I do I'm playing and and you can't have that players need to be challenged mm. they need to know there's players ready to come in the team I need to be performing at my best to stay in this team what happened to the old saying though you don't change a winning team so I'm sure they had well, they lost, did, they they had won lost that for many. about they lost. seven no, they hadn't lost for, for the last weekend I, th- so. I think they're a good team Yeah, I think they're a good team and this, this would be a good game actually I think because Brighton very strong at home they are, but they don't tend to get forward very much, do they, Brighton? Not really. So they're no. going to be on the back foot from the start in this game. Wolves going to have a lot of the ball. Um, it's tough to see how it would go, but you can pretty much tell how they're going to play. Uh, first goal going to be crucial, you think. Let's move on to Fulham against Bournemouth. We mentioned this earlier on. I want to get the two centre-arse view on this. Fulham's defence, so, so bad, they conceded four against Cardiff City. They've conceded six more Premier League goals than any other team this season. Uh, 25, the highest total at this stage of an English top flight campaign to Southampton back in 2012. Uh, on average, they'd concede over 100 goals this season if they kept conceding at this rate. Uh, Gabs, come to you first, Chris, your view as well. What is so wrong about Fulham's defence? Well, again, I said it with Leicester. I think they're way too open. Um, I think I said it start of the season um, with the promoted teams. Everyone was saying Cardiff had got no chance. I said, well, look, Fulham have spent £100 million and they're going to be in exactly the same boat as Cardiff because of the way they play. If they want to go out and play expansive football against the top teams, even the lesser sides, if you're not defensively kind of sound, you're going to get beaten. It's as simple as that. You've seen kind of individual mistakes. You've seen 
different personnel coming in, different systems. It's just been a mess kind of defensively. You need a bit of continuity. And I think they brought so many players in. I think Jokanovic almost, he doesn't know whether to throw them all in. Does he stick with the players that got me here from last season? Um, is there a bit of animosity now in the dressing room with these players coming in on on big wages as well and, and, and getting thrown into the team? I don't know. Um, some of the recruitment, I think you look at maybe Alfie Mawson coming in and yes, he's a very good player, I think. A good ball-playing defender, but if you're going to play expansive football with your full-backs flying forward, he's not, he's not, he's not particularly mobile. mobile. Yeah, no. absolutely. Yeah. So you, I think there needs to be a bit more thought about you know, from the manager how he's going to go about things and they just need to grind out a couple of results but I don't know if they've got they haven't got that in them they haven't they? got they that in them one way. They, they won the championship last year sorry they didn't win it they, 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 yeah, they sure, got promoted yeah, last year basically, but yeah. basically they, they pushed their fullbacks right on they had they left themselves 2v2 at the back because in the championship you can do that because strikers aren't good enough to take advantage of the chances they get in the Premier League you cannot leave yeah. yourself that open they're playing exactly the same style they're getting loads of bodies forward they're finding it much harder to break teams down and they're leaving themselves so open to the counter-attack that it's almost suicide every time they go out you've got Dennis Adoy who bless him I think he's a really talented footballer he's, he's not a great defender he's really good on the ball he's playing centre-half in the Premier League now mm. you have to be able to defend Alfie Mawson for me I don't. I don't think he's any good at all. I think he's terrible. Really? I think he's really poor defensively. For me, he's shocking. And I, I, I was really surprised when someone went in and bought him. I was surprised he was linked with getting in the England squad in the summer. Mm. I, was, I, I was almost pleased that he had that injury that he, he had the operation, because I don't <laughs> think he's any good. I really <laughs> That's don't. That's a damning uh, <laughs> indictment there. I mean, is that it, is the strongest review of Alfie Morrison I've ever heard. Well, is, is but I mean, he's in this defence. So I think he he's been it. really poor. I think yeah. he's been really poor since he's moved there. I don't. I, I think he's been at fault for a few goals. Relegated I think, last it, year I think he well. was at fault for a lot of goals at Swansea last year. Yeah, he has got a mistake. I think play, he, players. The... I don't. I don't like teams who sign defenders from teams that have been relegated. Yeah, I think yeah. generally, I think that's a that's a bad thing to do. You know, these players that have got something on on their record that they bring with them, they bring this baggage. Generally, yeah. teams that, that get relegated is because their defence ain't good enough. Yeah. I'm thinking about things that I can do with my Saturday. And I can either file my tax return, I can maybe go to a corporate event where I learn about governance in middle management, or I can watch Southampton against Newcastle. And honestly, it's a very, very <laughs> tight decision as to what I'm going to do. Uh, they face each other at St Mary's. Um, Wow, Southampton have failed to score in four consecutive Premier League games for the first time since 2004. Newcastle have made their worst ever start to a league campaign after nine games, assuming three points for a win. Um, well, I mean, does anyone want this one? I mean, <laughs> can we just cancel it, give them both a point? I mean, it's St Mary's is one of the worst places to go watch football right now, isn't it? Something's got to Right now, certainly there. right now. I mean, having played there, I, oh, I quite enjoyed ground, my time I'm sure. There. <laughs> lovely place to yeah. be. It's a lovely city. But, I mean, they've suffered. Those fans have oh, suffered. Think, well, now they've got they've, Newcastle coming to had, town. They've had Claw Puel, and they, then they bring in Mark Hughes, who, for me... Out um, of the frying pan. I can't believe he got another job. Yeah. He, I mean, he's really struggled, didn't he? I mean, he... he Struggled at Stoke. He struggled wherever he goes. He tends to bring the team down, play really negative football, and it's just it, it, it's just a, a horrible circle that they're in at the moment. They, they just mm. can't get out of, and they're really struggling. They've got no forwards. Danny Ings, if if he doesn't play or, or doesn't score, they don't look like they got a goal in him. I know Charlie Austin came back last week, missed a couple of chances, mm. maybe at Bournemouth, and and he might well 
be, be someone who can nick a few goals. He's a bit of a streaky player, isn't he? I think you can just take the goals away in this one. It's just going to be. A you game could go nil nil, nil can you? Yeah, you could go nil nil. Twenty passes is a goal for his team. <laughs> one final game we've not mentioned, uh, and it is the uh, three o'clock kick up between Watford and Huddersfield. Last, Watford, eh? you've made us last. It's last because Huddersfield are in it, mate. No offence, uh, but Huddersfield Town, wow, won just one of their last nineteen Premier League games. Was that this came uh, against Watford. Yeah. Uh, well, you, they beat you twice last year, they didn't did. they? As well, they did. They oh, that's Tom Ince game. The one where Tom Ince scored late. We were watching that on the monitors here in the studio, and that game deserved to be nil-nil. It was so appalling. It was this, and I think that's the one that kept Huddersfield up. I think yeah, that so goal. Just, just about, about to say that actually, your team helped to keep Huddersfield. In. It's well, Watford's yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah. Well, that we've got us, to another year of this. They beat us four one at Vicarage Road last season in what was a, a just a bit of a nightmare. Deeney got sent off after half an hour and in his first game back from a four game suspension, um, and it just went wrong. And then it, we couldn't win away from home for love nor money second half of the season. But Watford have had have had a habit in the last few seasons of, of being the sort of team that kickstart terrible team seasons. <laughs> they, they lost to Swansea out of nowhere last season. Yeah. Stoke did us a few times in the last few seasons. Huddersfield and they got you know that that's something that I think hopefully. This season will change, and that performance last week against Wolves, I don't think many Watford fans expected that. No. We went into that game thinking, "Oh, this is a really difficult game." No, he rang the changes completely. Hollybass was suspended. Deeney wasn't no even Gray. in the squad. Yeah. Gray was on the bench. He changed the fullbacks. He put Success up front. Delafeo came in and played centrally, sort of behind Success, and it looked really good. So you you think on paper going into a game against Huddersfield at home, you, you're rubbing your hands together, but you got to remember what happened last season. Don't be complacent. You just don't see a strength with Huddersfield. Even if the Departure's playing, you're thinking, OK, they're going to be direct, get the ball into him, get runners around him. They don't even really do that. Don't probably get enough service on wide areas into him. Um, they don't really have that kind of counter-attacking threat. And they're just there. They're just out there saying, come on, try and beat us, basically. I, I fear they? for them. I, I think they'll go down yeah, this, this season. season yeah. I think, I think it's, it's too much yeah. for them. I can't see them getting more than 25 points. I said it to the start of the season and I've done two of their games this year and nothing has, has made me think otherwise. Um, right, that's the end of our show for this week. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Gabs. Thanks, Dave. Uh, great to have you with us on the panel this week. A reminder, if you are listening to this programme on a radio station, you can download an extended podcast, search for TalkSport Premier League Preview Show on Acast, iTunes, Spotify or any other good podcast provider. See you next week. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparcel Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparcel Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.